Today on Melanated Conversations, we amplify the voice of Tanisha Townsend, Chief Wine Officer, Product Influencer, and host of the podcast, Wine School Dropout. Tanisha is an entrepreneur, educator, and American expat living in Paris, France, where she creates not only wine and cocktail experiences for novices, but she also used her knowledge and expertise to develop a training program. In today's chat, Tanisha shares her own personal story of a major career change. And of course, we chat all things wine. So pour yourself a glass and listen in as we chat with Tanisha Townsend of Girl Meets Glass and host of Wine School Dropout. Welcome. Melanated Conversations, our narrative and our perspective. Here on the podcast, we are amplifying the voices of Black women and sharing their powerful stories of transformation. I'm Tyrion. And I'm Yana. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of Melanated Conversations. Yes. I'm your co-host, Darian. And I'm your co-host, Yana. We are so excited. We've got a special guest with us today, Miss Tanisha Townsend. Yay. Yay. Welcome, Tanisha. We're so excited to have you today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. With Well, uh, were you about to say something? No, no, no. I'm excited for this chat, y'all. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Ooh, we talking one of my favorite things today. What? All I'm going to say. (laughs) Yes. So raise your glasses. Yes. I don't have nothing else to go, but take a sip. (laughs) (laughs) Take a sip. No, uh, we're excited to chat with you today, Tanisha, and talk all things wine and spirits. Hey, I love a good well, spirit. Maybe not spirit. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, no. um, but before we, you know, kickstart things, we always like to kickstart with a little round of rapid fire questions. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> you laughing at our sound effects, Tanisha. No, I'm just laughing, thinking like what these questions could be. I hope it's like I don't know. I feel like these would be hot dogs. Yeah, no, these are these are good questions. Yeah, these would be good for you because we want to keep our question say is going to stick close to our topic, which is all things wine. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to throw it out there. We're talking wine today, so I want to know right off the bat, red or white? Today, red. Oh, today. Okay. Today. Tomorrow, tomorrow it can change. Next week it could be something different, but today, red. Also, because winter, I'm always leaning toward red. Okay. It's spicy. It warms you up on the inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm with you on that. I I'm, I roll with red, too. And I'm going to tell you why. Why? And, and maybe, Tanisha, you're probably going to school me on this today if I'm wrong. But, you know, typically, red wine is served room temperature is mm-hmm. not chilled and so i need the fr- i just need to get to my glass the quickest way and i'm ready to partake <laughs> <laughs> you got time to be pulling nothing out the chill oh uh, i ain't got time to wait for it to get chilled i just need to get my glass <laughs> 
that is a good rule of that's that's fair yeah i'll that, give you that one that, that's fair yeah. that's fair um i'm gonna actually go go red as well um for the longest i actually would stay away from reds and mm-hmm. i think it's just because i just didn't understand or i didn't like the taste um but uh, as my uh, palate has matured matured <laughs> what? Better, what? matured um i actually do prefer red wine but you know wine i like it so it's fine with me. It's fine with me. <laughs> yes. Okay. <clears throat> Next rapid rapid fire question. Um, when it comes to pairing your wines, um, do you prefer chocolate, cheese, or meat? I think I might say cheese, and I say cheese because there is so much cheese available here, oh, yeah. and like fresh, amazing, funky, creamy, strong cheeses. Yes. Mm. Ooh, yeah. I just got excited. Yeah, I could hear it. Girl, I'm, right, I'm like, like, I need to get cheese me some. Cheese is like a trigger word. Okay. <laughs> no, I'd probably say cheese. Cheese. Because it is in such plentiful supply. And you don't have to do anything. Like meat, you actually have to prepare that, cook it, do mm-hmm. something to it. Yeah. Cheese, you you don't. Like you don't even need a knife or a fork, really. That's I mean, true. That is true. That's very true. Girl, I didn't even think about give that. Give me some entertainment crackers. <laughs> a little breeze. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, oh, I, I, that's a hard decision. That's a hard choice for me because you know, especially when it comes to cheese and chocolate. Mm-hmm. But y'all know me; I am a chocolate girl. Yes, you are. I love my chocolates. Yes, you and do. And I love my wine. And I love them together. <laughs> and I love them apart. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go with chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Okay, I want. I can see that. My my answer actually isn't on, on in the list. Oh, I'm, like, oh, you going I'm going to go. Are you going to ask the question? Or the question and, not, and then not give us the options. I'm going to answer one of the <laughs> options, but I'm going to give you my first option. <laughs> what I like with uh, with to pair with my wine. Wine. I, I want another glass of wine with my wine. <laughs> pair with my glass. Yes. Two pairs. I, I want to like pair. Yeah. I want a pair of wines with my my wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay no in all seriousness i was gonna say meat but i didn't even think about the fact that sometimes you do have to you know mm-hmm. prepare your meat and all, all those things but I, I, i'm a meat girl i like meat um but my second choice would probably be um chocolate as well i like chocolate okay and i didn't realize how much i like chocolate with with wine especially red wine so yeah it is delicious yeah can't eat as much of it as I can with cheese. Got mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. true. It, cheese and, is more yeah. versatile. I think it's that because being here, like having fresh um, fromageries around where you could just walk in and get like seven types of cheese and then go home and eat it. Like it's different. That is true. Uh, yeah. That's very true. Now, also you mentioned red wine with chocolate. I have done, um, uh, I took ladies out to champagne and we did a champagne and chocolate tour. Really? Oh. Yes, at one of the champagne houses and the chocolatier came out and he spoke and he talked about why he matched certain chocolates with the champagne. So think about that next time you have some chocolate. I shall. That's I've never even thought about that. Yes. Okay, champagne. Sounds good to me. Well, number one. (laughs) All right. Well, we're about to get into it because I have so many questions to you. As some, it's you know, Terry and I, we both we 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 loves our wine. So we when we um, connected with you and found out about your platform and everything that you're doing, was like we have got to chat with her. Yes. So thank you for connecting with us and saying yes. Absolutely. And um, pleasure. 
before we go into you kind of a little bit about what you're doing now um, and for those new listeners uh, we're chatting with Tanisha Townsend Um, she's actually in Paris you guys so um, she's going to kind of share a little bit about that and that experience Um, but before we go into um, everything else can you Tanisha tell us a little bit about you and a little about your origin story origin story like to the earth or origin story like to France Um, (laughs) like to earth so there were two people in the south side of chicago that met no i'm kidding (laughs) Uh, i was was that story took some that took place a while a while ago but uh, no the origin story just going back started as i mean grew up south side of chicago had a regular you know middle class black girl upbringing um went to college in north carolina then moved to dc to live my best life as a information technology professional got into that and was like ah, i don't really like it um uh, and was really into uh, sounds weird really into crime and got really into forensics because like all those shows out back then and so went and started a master's degree in computer forensics it was hard I was stressed out so I thought why not drink some wine because mm-hmm. that's what people think to do to relieve stress well in DC there are a lot of wineries in Maryland and Virginia so I started going to wine festivals and I was at this one festival and got very fascinated by this particular wine had I known how important it would be for the rest of my entire life, I would have remembered that wine and the person I talked to, but I have no idea who that was. So there's that. But <laughs> drank the wine and was talking to the winemaker and was trying to understand the flavor profile of the wine. I was like, but I taste like cherry and strawberries. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the wine. I was like, oh, so you crush the strawberries and the cherries. You like crush those into the wine. He was like, no, it's just in the wine. I was like, oh, so you filter it in, like, after you filter it through the fruit juice? And he was like, no. Like, I wish I could see it. He's like, no. What? And I was like, oh, so it, like, grows next to the strawberries and the cherries. Like, the grapes grow next to it in the vineyard all together. And he was just like, oh, my God. Like, this conversation can't be going in this direction. I'm like, no, really. And, like, I could not understand how the flavors of these other fruits got into the wine. Yeah. So I couldn't keep asking questions. Other people were starting to line up, and I was monopolizing his time. <clears throat> so in typical Tanisha fashion, I was like, well, I should take a class on this. So I signed up for a certification class, and that was my first wine certification class. It was WSET level. I think that was level two at the time. Took that. Then I was all in, fascinated by it. Started working for a guy in wine marketing. And then the wine thing just kind of, you know, went on from there. And it just kind of kept building up, building up. Um, And eventually led me here to where I am now. And that's like the wine part of of the story. The other part of me is just always wanting to do something new and never being too scared to change things. Um, Didn't really let, oh, I've been working on this too long. I can't give this up now or I'm too old to change or you have to keep this one career. You got to, you know, keep pushing. No, I changed a lot. When I think back to what I wanted to do when I was in high school, then college, changed my major in college, then went to one job, then went to another job, then went to grad school, and now I'm doing none of those things. Hmm. That's kind of a part of me as well. So all of those make up Tanisha. Love it. Love it. Love that. Um, Tanisha, we know that uh, you're an expat. Um, Mm -hmm. 
can you share um, with us and our listeners about that process and experience? And then my follow up to that is why Paris? So why Paris? That's probably the easier part of all of this. Okay. Paris, because that's where the opportunity was. Um, That long story I made short, I shortened this part. Um, But there was a woman that I had met in um, during my travels and uh, things in wine. And we kept in contact. And she sent me an email. She was like, hey, you mentioned that um, you have experience teaching because I was teaching wine courses at a university in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you have experience in teaching and you mentioned you might want to, you know, live somewhere else and do something different for a little while. My school is looking for someone that gets lecture for a semester. You think you're interested. P.S. Remember, I'm in Paris. And I was like, well, so I'm packing my bag now. I can be there next week. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. So, okay, it didn't happen that fast, but that's why Paris. Okay. Um, so I came over for a semester for that, did that for a semester and thought like, okay, I'll probably get this whole abroad thing out of my system, you know, get the Paris thing out. It'll be fine. Yeah. No, I fell more in love. It was like Paris is, yes, this is it. I don't want to leave. So I figured out how to make it work. Wow. And here we are. Five years later. Wow, five years. Wow. Yeah, five years. So what can you tell us a little bit about that process? Yeah. How was that? Oh, Is yeah, that... sorry. That was the question. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Circling back. Yeah. It's okay. So the process was when I first came, you can come to anywhere in the European Union. So like France, Spain, Portugal, you know, anywhere in the EU for 90 days on an American passport. You don't have to do anything. You just have your American passport and come stay here for three months. Anything longer than that, you have to apply for a visa, whether it's a long stay tourist visa, whether you're getting a, a working visa, a professional visa, a student visa, you have to figure that part out. When I first came, I came on my passport. Then when I was like, I love it, I got to figure out how to come back. When you do your passport, it's 90 days in a 180 day period. So since I was here for 90 days, I had to be back in America for another 90 days to make the 180 days before I could even apply for the visa. Okay. So I'm back home for three months. I'm like living with my parents. It was a whole situation. Like who wants to do that as an adult? But also like I'm about to set up a life knowing I'm trying to get up out of there. Right. So um, applied as a student because at the time you could be a student if you take language classes. So I took, I came over as a student initially and took intensive language classes to get over here for my first two years. After that, I changed over into a um, professional visa. So I renewed that every year until some French guy snatched me up and we get married. And okay. then I just on his step. Come on. Like, I'm just trying to put that in the atmosphere. This is me manifesting citizenship. Mm. So <laughs> there is that. Yeah, if he's in the wine industry, that's cool too. Or a restaurant. He could be a chef. It's fine. I might have a question for you offline. We'll wait till after you finish. I, got, I, I just thought about another okay. question. I'm not going to ask you on here. Oh, oh okay. Well, kind of back. Um, oh, did I answer the question? I'm sorry. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, yes, 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 you did, you did. Um, I'm interested in kind of hearing a little bit more about um, how life has been like for you in Paris. Yeah. How is it like living um, in Paris? Oh, uh, it's different. Uh, very, very different. Um, I because people's first question is us like, oh my gosh, so you're fluent in France, and I'm like, well, no. Not quite. We can get around in certain situations, but uh, in some things, like when I do anything government or official, I try to take a friend with me because I know it's going to be stuff I miss. Mm. Um, And I don't want to miss any of that. But just like in general conversation, I can get through that enough that I'm fine. 
Um, I still take conversation classes and stuff now. So that's one part of being here, um, the language. On the flip side, 90% of people speak English, which is also why my French hasn't been able to get to a um, the fluency level that I'd like it to be. If I was in the countryside or a small town, then we wouldn't have this issue. But a lot of people speak English. Um, there's also a very large American community. 95% of my friends are American. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Another reason people are like, you need French friends. I'm like, well, how is that going to work? I'm just walk up to them, bonjour. And then the rest of the conversation got to be in English because like three words. <laughs> Come on, tell <laughs> me. Right. <laughs> Je m'appelle. There you are. Right. Je m'appelle Danisha. Yeah. And then start talking and it's like, nope, didn't get any of that. Well, this was fun. <laughs> and they walk away. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> so, you know. That's not going to work. So, yeah, my friends are American. So that's been cool. Um, Other parts of life, culture is a big difference. I can say culture shock even to this day, like even to now, something still shocked me about how they work as a society and how they think. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if this was reported in the States, but there were just metro strikes. So literally the transportation system was on strike. And when I say on strike, I'm like, it wasn't running. Yo, so that's wild. For six weeks, and that's like how everyone gets everywhere. So think like if in New York, the trains were like, nah, not today. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Me, my husband, no, no, me and my husband and my girls, we we went to Paris last March for spring break. Um, and mm. that's literally, I mean, I think we tried Ubers for a couple of days. I was like, you know what? Let's try the metro system. And it was like, why hadn't we been doing this since we got here? Um, and literally the quickest way to get around the city and, and even on the outskirts was to take the metro. That's yeah. wild to think that uh, the metro system was on strike. For how long? I was, I was six weeks. Like it just stopped like today. Oh, wow. wow. Like they're running. It started December 5th. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm, I'm sorry. No, it's fine because that's a whole, listen, people have gotten into full arguments about it. So the trains weren't running except for two lines because those are automated. So those were running all the time. But like I had to walk 40 minutes to get to that line. So it was dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, the buses were running when they felt like it. It could be like maybe one bus out of five. Like it would normally be five buses in a time period. It would only be one. So clearly that bus is super packed. Right. So that was that was a whole situation month of December. So for... A little while, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. If I can't walk, I can't be a part of it. So that, the culture thing, just the way they think. Striking is something that they just do. There have been so many strikes that I've been here. The trains regularly go on strike. Um, it was a time period where the trash workers went on strike. That was probably the hardest of my life. Mm. That one. Because at the time, uh, the street I lived on had 10 restaurants, and they weren't picking up any of that trash. Oh, no. So I was just like, please don't let me do that. Please. Like that, that was literally by the wish. Just maybe they can't climb up these stairs. I love them. Maybe they'll just hang out around the first and the second. Right. I was fine. Nothing happened. It was good. No, no worries. And then the trash workers came back, got it all together. But uh, culture, their way of thinking. Um, I do absolutely love the food options, the pastries that France has. I don't love anything, any cake, pastry type, the bread. Mm-hmm. All of it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh. I have a quick question because you, you, yes. you know, you touched on you, you hit a strong <laughs> nerve when you started talking about food with me um, and you combine that with wine. I'm, I'm good. But um, so I always talk about 
And my listeners probably were like, here she go again about these bun buns. <laughs> I talk about these bun bun candies. And um, we used to sell them. I remember in our, my, I was in the French club in high school, um, all through high school. And that was one of the things that we sold. And they were by this this company called um, the Eiffel Tower Company. There's, it's not like the chocolate bun bun, but more of like, it's like a soft, chewy, fruity candy that is a little addictive. Do they sell those and eat those actually like, are they like just like in your local store? Like, oh, let me get some bun buns, or we're just crazy about them here in the U.S. Because I think y'all are just crazy about them in the U.S. <laughs> See, I figure, I figure, but hey, if you, I'm gonna send you a picture of them. And yeah, I'm gonna send you a picture. It's um, candy, candy. Yes, it's candy, candy. Is it like a taffy? Okay. It's like a, it's, it's like a taffy. I, I'm, I have to send you. I will send you a picture because I might need okay. a, I might need a French plug, a connect, a French connect. <laughs> that can get me yeah, let me know because yeah, sometimes I'm a smuggler. That's like far, right, far right exit here. Like, so I smuggle far right butter. I love oh, it. I like I that too. It. Hey, okay, let's talk about it. But no, you were saying you that, that you like the, you know, the the food and. You're telling us a little bit about the culture. Yeah, sorry. I was um, about it, how it's different here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, food. They take food so seriously. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, pastries even more. So bread. Like, they have competitions for the baguettes. Like, they have baguette tastings and award winners of best baguette in Paris or best baguette friend. Also serious about their chocolate. That's, like, a whole thing. I can see that. Definitely. I'm trying to think anything else. It's, like, a huge difference. I think the culture shock, the way that people are... Service was a big thing for me when I first got here. You know, in America, if you mm-hmm. go into a restaurant, hello, how are you? Party yeah. of three? Sure, right this way. You walk in a restaurant here, you might stand there 10 minutes or you might have to wave them down to get yeah. them to come over. You get to a table, um, they're not always, and I hate saying this, but and it's weird to say, they're, it's not that they're not helpful. They just will answer the question you ask them. Mm-hmm. If I walk into a store, hey, um, I'm looking for this one in purple. We don't have it. <laughs> Me. I don't know what else to tell okay. you. We don't have it. We don't have it. <laughs> like we, I don't have time to be pleasant with you. Right. Now, if I walk in America and say, hey, I'm looking for this one in purple. Oh, I'm so sorry. We don't have it in purple, but we have it in green, blue, orange, red, pink. Right. Whereas here, I'm looking at the sweater in five other colors. They have said not one word about these other colors or that they have purple short sleeves. But that's not what so you wanted, Tanisha. <laughs> they, you know, that's true. That's not what they you like, wanted. You can ask for that. You, you give me what you so want. Clearly. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't know what I don't know to ask yeah, you. Like, right. I can't ask you what I don't know. I can't. Do you want me to go through all the colors? Okay. Do you have the sweater in purple? No. You have the sweater in yellow? No. You have the sweater in blue? No. Do you want to just tell me the colors you do have? In? Right. So Let me list them off for you. Do you have any of these colors right here? Right. I'm going to just pull out a box of crayons. Exactly. Oh, what crayons colors do you have in this? Yes. That's probably a better way of asking. Yeah. But on the, flip side, <laughs> on the flip side of that, now when I come back home to America, sometimes I get annoyed because people are too helpful. Uh, hey, can I do anything? Hey, do you need anything? Hey, you want to try that on? Hey, I can put that in the fender for you. Oh my God, get away from me. I'm fine. Okay, I'll come find you when I need you. Especially in a restaurant, I don't want any more water. I don't need your napkins. I don't need a straw. Mm-hmm. I don't need another fork. <laughs> No, I get that. There's balance. We just like a little balance. All. Little, yeah. You know, we know how we are. We're like, I don't need you all in my face every five minutes. <laughs> like, ma'am, if I need it, I'll ask you for it. If not, keep your distance. I'm good. Yeah. We good over here. <laughs> yeah. 
last time I was talking, my friends are laughing. They're like, oh my God, you're so French. I was like, no, it's just that they're never at the table. And now I come to America and they're literally always at the table. Seriously. I was like, why don't you just pull up a chair? Sit with us. What did I Wait. tell you? When I tell you, bro, I was like, we went to di- we would go to dinner and you would just be sitting there for like they would ask you like if you wanted something, you'd be like, Oh, like, no, I just want this one thing. They're like, You sure? It's like, no, like this is all we want. And then you wouldn't see them for like fifteen, they're twenty never, minutes. They're never coming back. They, they never come back. Ready. Don't not be ready when they come over to take your orders. Like, oh I need a few moments. Yep. Oh, okay, a few moments, got you. Yep. An hour later, they're like, Would you like to order now? Oh my exactly. God. And shout out to our Parisian listeners. Yes. We have quite a, we have a big um, listening. We do. Um, a lot of followers in, in Paris. So Merci beaucoup. We, oh, I, hope, we, I hope they don't get mad at me for this. I'm sorry, y'all. No, I, we, I love it here. I'm still here. And some people are like, well, why don't you just go back? No, I'm not going back to America. I'm staying here. Yeah. No, I love. have a moment where. Yes. We love, we love, we yes. love y'all's culture. We love the food. Yes. We love the wine. We love it all. We love it all. And back to the wine. <laughs> back back yes, to the wine. Yes, keep us back, back to the wine. Return into the wine. Returning back to the wine. Tanisha, how did you get into the wine industry? Because you told you told us about you went to the event and you were asking all the questions. But like specifically, once you got like after you'd been teaching this course, like how did you decide? Oh, like I'm going all the way in. I'm a, I'm a jump into this. And then my follow-up question to that is, do you operate um, in a full-time capacity in this space? You you strictly do wine tours, tastings, all that. Okay, so how I first got into it was after the initial certification class, I met a guy in D.C. that um, was starting a wine marketing company, a wine marketing firm. Just like, hey, I think you'd be great to come work with me. I'm starting this firm up. I was like, okay. As if I don't already have enough stuff going on because I had a full-time job. I was in grad school. And I'm like, well, of course, let's let's do some wine marketing. And so did wine marketing with him. And as his business grew, since I was someone that started early on, then he kind of pushed me along and um, I grew with him. And I was doing in-store tastings, like how you go to grocery store and they're like, oh, would you like to try some sausage? Would you like to have this? Yeah. That was me. But I was like, would you like to try some wine? So people loved it. Or they didn't. It depended on, it's crazy, depending on what neighborhood I was in, what people would like, what they wouldn't like. Uh, so did that. And then he started doing trainings. Um, and then I started helping with those. Um, I took some trips to France, to wine regions, got more certifications. I started doing more training classes, speaking at wine fairs. And then just, you know, things just kind of moved from there. I started teaching at um, a college in Maryland, doing a wine course there. Um, I started pitching myself and sending out proposals to speak at conferences. I started doing that. And then that's how um, I was speaking in Croatia when I met the woman who sent me the email to bring me over to Paris to change the trajectory of my life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was the first part. The follow up is, am I doing this in a full time capacity? Mm -hmm. 95% 95 of my energy is um, wine. Yes. I do have other projects that aren't wine related only because here, since I'm doing wine as it relates to tourism, tourism is very slow in some months. Tourism is, you know, cyclical, like January, February, March, tourism is slow, Mm -hmm. Um, almost non-existent. So I am very light on tourism and wine work during that time. So I have other projects that I pick up, which is teaching English, because I speak it pretty well. I've been speaking English for several years now. Uh, I, I would um, call you an ex- yeah. expert. Yeah, yeah you qualify. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I 
kind of say expert. You know, they say, was it 10,000 hours? A hundred percent chance of spoken English for 10,000 hours. For sure. Let me know if they want to take an elective. Let me know if they want to take an elective in Ebonics. I'll help you there. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have you zoom into my class. I will. I will. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, a quick note for our listeners, Terry, um, she's been out in the night air. Um, so she, excuse her if she coughs a little time or two. No. <laughs> the truth is, she I just put down my, tw- my 12 packs a day. So. Right. No. So she just smoked seven cigars. Yeah. Like, and time for the show. <laughs> no. Goodness. But, uh, but yes, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm available for Zoom. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll put them on a little game, as we, as we okay. like to say. phone <laughs> game. Not actually playing um, a game. <laughs> no, um, but kind of back to you in this one in the space of wine. How hard or easy was it for you to tap into this business in Paris, particularly as a black woman? Um, and how has experience been like for you overall? Excellent question. Um, the thing about being here that helps me out a lot is I'm not necessarily looked at as black first. I'm looked at as American and American is like a cool thing to be. Maybe not right right now. I just want to say, is yeah. that a good thing or a bad thing? But <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh-oh. But people look at uh, me as an American first and when I first got here and, you know, had all the confidence, we was just like, all right, listen, I don't know no French. So I'm about to just hit you with all these English words and I'll speak them slowly. So you can try to talk back to me and mm-hmm. we can have conversations. Uh, it was fine. It was still strange a little bit for me because I would be the only one. Um, I have seen a few other black men uh, at tastings or events. I rarely see black women. And sometimes that made me stand out and stand out in a good way because people wanted to know, okay, who is she? What is she doing? What's happening? And while now I can navigate that space uh, in French, there's sometimes I'll still speak English so people know I'm American. But then, of course, I still get the random comments like, I mean, most black people get when they're in mainly or predominantly white spaces. I've had a gentleman ask me, oh, okay, so you're doing exports to Africa? I'm sorry, what? Uh, what? Like, why would you say that? And you look at him like, why would you say that? He's like, oh, no, I thought, oh, okay. I'm like, you thought what? Like, nothing I said even, like, rhymed with Africa. So wh- it didn't even begin with an A. So, like, why? how did you come up with, I'm doing exports to Africa? Right. So, needs to say we didn't taste this wine, whatever. We continued on with our day. But uh, just little things like that. Yeah, but I don't, I have not found it to be as difficult as I'll say, is the time I had. Um, yeah, I don't even say it was that difficult in America, only because when I was navigating this in America, I was always with white. So I didn't have to necessarily speak for myself. I was with them, so I was validated because of who I was with. Okay. Um, what, what's your go-to bottle of wine, like the type or the brand? Do you have a specific type of brand of wine that you, that's like, that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my girl? <laughs> Specific brand, no. Specific region, yes. Okay. Um, when I'm thinking of my go-to, it is, if we're talking winter, it is red. And it's from um, Languedoc, so in the south of France. So anything from Languedoc, L-A-N-G-U-E-D-O-C, anything from red from that region, uh, kind of my go-to. And I won't say a specific, like, um, winery or style, just because there's so many 
And the selection is so different at each place. So um, unless it's like a major brand, it's really hard to keep up. Like, oh, I want to find this one brand to find that brand consistently in shops around the city. Okay. All right. And with so much wine being available, like just try new things from the same region. It's great. Ask some questions. That's how you learn. Do you personally source wines from other countries um, where wines are majorly produced? Or do you s- stick strictly to, to wines from from France or in the UE? I mean, EU, so- I'm sorry. <laughs> EU, good grief. It is so hard to find wines outside of uh, France, in France. So um, I'd have to go to like a specialty shop. Like there are some shops that just sell Spanish wine or just sell Portuguese wine or Italian mm. or Greek. Um, and they'll have events for those particular regions. But if I'm just going to my neighborhood local spot, it's all French wine. I remember when I first moved here, I was um, doing a tasting with some friends online and we were doing Savion Blanc. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, oh, Tanisha, you get one from New Zealand. I was like, uh, why? When I'm in France, but OK, whatever. <laughs> I went in a few wine shops and I was like, oh, yeah, I want a Savion Blanc from New Zealand. The guy was like, why? Like, wow. Because I want money. He's like, why? New Zealand. He's like, we have Sunset. We have Terrain. We have this. And he named all of the French wine regions that grew Savion Blanc. And I was like, so you're saying no? You don't, <laughs> you don't have anything else? Is that what we're doing? We have nothing? So, so I can't try it. <laughs> right. It's like, so no. Now, I have since found places that sell wines from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't always want it to be like a whole like trip in a destination that I have to, okay, let me get my bag together and get my Metro card and travel out to this place. No, I just want to walk to my neighborhood spot. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, a five minute walk and grab something. It's going to be. So you, yeah, you talked about, um, I know a part of, um, your, um, your brand is that you do host, um, kind of tasting experiences and you host wine classes, um, yes. what does an experience look like with you? And kind of now that you mentioned that, you know, you only have like your most accessible source is French wines, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you, when you give that experience to, um, your clients, is it just from the French perspective or do you incorporate other wines as well and through your tasting? I know that was a loaded <laughs> question. Do <laughs> Through the experiences that I do here, it's just French wine. Now, I do I do it like that with just French wine because a lot of people don't actually drink French wine. They have heard of it, but they don't drink it because they find it confusing. Hmm. Um, most people aren't French. They're like, what does this label say? What do these words mean? Is this the grape? Is this the region? How do I know what grapes are in what? Or like, what do all of these French words on this label mean? So I do the French wines and have the labels and we go into a wine shop and we go to a wine bar so I can show people this is this is the label. Then this is what it tastes like. And then this is how French people drink wine like in their life. It's not as big an event here in France for wine it's like uh today's tuesday we're about to drink um doesn't have to be a uh, big production um i ask them what kind of things they drink typically and try to give them something along those lines that's french or sometimes i'll just give them something completely different let them blind taste it and then they are able to find something or discover something that they really enjoy that they wouldn't have tried before a big one i like to blind taste is Chardonnay. People usually have a very specific feeling and reaction uh, to and about Chardonnay. 
And like, oh, I don't like it. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And I'm like, just one second. And when I give them a French style, which isn't heavily oaked, which is, you know, maybe has a little age on it, which was possibly fermented in stainless steel, or maybe it's sparkling. It is so different than what they think of as Chardonnay or what they're used to with Chardonnay. So I like for people to taste French wine and I like for it to open their mind up to the possibilities of what French wine is and why France has been, you know, one is the premier wine and what everybody kind of strives to be. And and they've been making wine for like since the beginning of time. Right. Right. So they kind of got a, you know, a a little head start on America. Some people, a a little bit, yeah. (laughs) I'm curious, um, since you're the face of your your wine tasting experiences, do you have a a lot of your clients, are they black people or black women that come and, you know, do these tours and these tastings with you? Majority, yes. Okay. A a lot of my, because one, I am the face. um, Two, a lot of my business comes from word of mouth. So being the face and being a black woman and talking to black women, then those black women tell other black women. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of goes from there. I do work with a few concierge companies as well. And so I get a different set of people from um, there. And then also have a couple tours that I offer um, online on TripAdvisor and things like that. And I get people from all over um, from there. So I'm talking all over, like not just American, Canadian, yeah. Australia, English speaking, of course. Yeah, mostly black women. That's and they cool. bring their black men with them. So that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Um, one thing that you mentioned when you reached out was that you want you like to talk about this um, the space of understanding wine language. Um, can you share a little bit more about that? And is that part of your core in, you know, the experience in your classes as well? Yes. Because wine language as it stands intimidates a lot of people. A lot of people feel like they don't want to ask questions. They don't want to engage with a sommelier or a wine shop owner because they don't know wine language and they can't speak the way wine people speak. Mm -hmm. And I always want to implore people to just use regular words, but use your words um, and use more descriptive words. I have a wine wheel that I use, I didn't create it. It came from, I'm a woman out of UC Davis in California. And she created this wine wheel and I use it for the flavors and aromas. And it starts with, like you break it down into spice, herbs and vegetables, fruit and flowers. So if you think about wine in terms of those four larger categories, what you get from it, then you can break it down further. Like say, okay, I get Fruit. Okay, what kind of fruit? Is it berry fruit? Is it citrus fruit? Oh, it's citrus fruit. Okay, what kind of citrus fruit? Is it lemon, lime, grapefruit? You can just uh, continue to break it down. And you do that because once you know the flavors you like, the aromas you like, then you can tell someone else that. You can go into a wine shop and say, you know what? I'm looking for a white wine with hints of citrus. I like it kind of with some grapefruit. Mm, Not really any oak uh, and not too heavy. That is a perfect description. You have used all regular words, none of that fancy stuff you see in wine descriptions. And that person can help you get a bottle of wine that you will enjoy. It doesn't take all the flowery language. I guess I can use that and sometimes I do, but... For the most part, it's um, I'm looking for something full body, maybe a little spicy. Um, 
heavy, dark fruit. It can be aged in oak. I don't care. I'm eating beefsteak. There you go. Now, when you do this, make sure you're asking someone who can actually help you. Like, you need to be in a wine shop for this. Like, don't go in a grocery store. Right. Because that dude can tell you, like, all right, well, we got the Flame Hot Cheetos. Those are out seven. <laughs> like, he's not going to be able to tell you about this Bordeaux that you might have grabbed off the shelf. <laughs> okay. She's giving us little mi- mini crash courses right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was taking notes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Did you have And also a good thing when it comes to, you know, if you don't know wine language or you're nervous about using those words, mention what you usually drink. If you okay. use a drink, Barefoot Merlot or Stella Rosa mm-hmm. or, you hey. know, the Bartonora Moscato, that's fine. Say, this is what I usually drink. I would like to drink something similar. I'm eating this or not eating that, you know, whatever. That's also very helpful as well. Okay. No, I'm not going to hold you. Depending on that budget, I might, I, I, I won't hold you on the Stella. I Dang. may get me one. Stella um, makes me happy. But we did visit a, a winery. We went to um, Cape Town, mm-hmm. um, South Africa, a couple, was it a couple years like ago? Like three years three ago. Three years ago? Gosh. Yeah. Seemed like yesterday. Yeah. Um, when we visit, they have, I know they have a rich culture for wineries out there as well. And we visited one yeah. um, of their major ones. Um, Groot, uh, Groot Crestonia. Crestonia. I don't know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, see. (laughs) Okay. Man, man, man. When I tell you, we enjoyed ourselves. We sure did. And I guess for those who had never experienced a wine experience or true, like going to, and this is just our interpretation. We've only been. To, well, we've been to, we've been like, to California, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, this one was a little different. Keep it real. Y'all been to like seven. Been <laughs> <laughs> to a few, but when I say I've never had a bottle that just, yeah, mm, I can't even put my, yeah, we we bought the max amount of bottles we could take back. I think yeah. it was like seven or eight. At so, I don't even know. I don't know. But we we finished those really quickly. Sure we're like. <laughs> Um, but it was an amazing experience and, um, oh gosh, I just, the reds, the reds, the yes. reds were, I, I, I want to say, was it a, um, it was one, was it a Bordeaux? I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, that Bordeaux is, is French. Um, I can't remember what the brand was, but yeah, it was good. It was good. It was thick and creamy <laughs> and it was delicious. Did you say creamy? It was it, for me. It gave. It was like a creamy type of. It was thick. You it was your creamy vibe. Yeah, yeah. It was. Oh, oh. I'm missing that. I miss it too. And it was interesting too because when we brought them back to the U.S., you know, we're used to like you pop it open as a little cork. I don't. They had it. It was like wax over yeah, it or uh-huh. something. It took us a minute oh, to figure yeah, out how to. That takes a minute. <laughs> yes. It's beautiful to look at. But I'm like, yes. This is all exactly. It's all over the floor. <laughs> all of that. Oh, yeah. It yeah, took right. us a minute. But when we were. Yeah. Yeah, it was. They're like, it's, you, it's going to be worth your while once you get in this. <laughs> it, but you got to work. <laughs> you really had to work to get into that bottle. Listen, you earned it after you take that off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And it's, right. You do all that wax. It's still a cork. Here. Right. <laughs> the cork right. Like the wine should just shoot out after you pull the wax off. <laughs> right. Exactly. But no, that's um kind of segue. I know you had your yeah, question Yeah. Um segue. Like I said, you you just educated educated us and our listeners on I like the whole the the what what you call it, the wine wheel, mm-hmm. the wheel. 
Yes, I, I love that. Uh, but you also have a podcast. Um, yeah, called Wine School Dropout, which I love the name. I think yes. that is so cute. Um, but in in on your podcast, you have these mini crash courses on all things wine. Um, can you just share with us what sparked your desire to create um, your show? I've been wanting to do a podcast for like forever and stopped and started, stopped and started um, thinking that I needed to have other people do it with me or things like that. But I really wanted something that was just education. Um, I love listening to podcasts and like having conversations and listening in on people's conversations and interviews and things like that. But when it came to wine, I felt like a lot of wine people were talking to each other. And uh, there were there was a large group of people that didn't that weren't at the space or couldn't even understand or didn't care about those conversations. Um, if you're interviewing a winemaker, like, okay, that can be interesting to me if it's a region that I like or a wine that I'm interested in or this person has a fascinating story. But if I just want to go to the store or I'm going to a nice dinner and I want to get a good bottle of wine, that doesn't tell me or help me figure out what to do. So mm-hmm. I wanted something that, it's just the most basic, this is what you do. So it came up with the name, Wine School Dropout just popped in my head because I wanted it to be education. At the end, it's short episodes, 10, 11 minutes. At the end of each episode, we do Cliff's Notes. And so like, I hope that didn't date me by knowing what Cliff's Notes are. Because <laughs> I have been asked, what is a Cliff's Note? I'm like, what? How do you not know what a Cliff's Note is? But then I was like, all right, fine. I know the young generation don't be reading at all, so fine. But do the cliff notes at the end that just gives you the three three key points that I touched on in the episode. And also, Wine School Dropout, just wanted to do a play on, I mean, I'm from Chicago, so, you know, I love, love little Kanye. And so this came up uh, in my head as a kind of a nod to that. Mm-hmm. And then also for people that don't want to go to wine school, that don't want to know that much, they Everybody doesn't want a certification. Everybody doesn't want to be able to write a wine list and, you know, do the numbers and order wine. Everybody doesn't want to know. So yeah. this podcast um, is for them. And it's also funny to me because, like, I'm the complete opposite of a wine school dropout. But That's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... I um I enjoy listening to your podcast. It's like little... Like, they're, like, about 10, 11 minute um, quick shows, you guys. But uh, I was listening to even just your first one. I like how you even make like your storyline is very um, just like how you are here. It's very like interactive and it's cool. Like you give history like in a fun way. Um, and yes, I, I, I enjoyed listening to you, um, your show and all the things that you talk about on wine. So yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, and if anyone has any other topics or anything they'd want to see in future seasons, definitely, um, let me know for future episodes. Hit up one yeah. scoop drop out. <laughs> yes. Because I want, I want to just make, I want to make sure it is for the people and I don't want it to be talking down to anyone or talking at anyone. I want it to just be like a conversation. Yeah. Um, not an actual conversation like interview like but you know narrated so because i mean you see how i talk here like i would get off topic so it has to be narrated so i can actually get actually say what i need to say about it and just give people information in small bites you definitely definitely make the world of wine so much more easily uh accessible um just for you know us regular schmegular 
regular <laughs> folk. Um, so we appreciate that. Thank you so much. You yeah. are welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, kind of segueing a little bit back into the space. Well, we guess we haven't left the space of wine. No, we have not. But um, I, was we were talking about wineries, um, I had a just a thought that just came up to. Do you have you been introduced to any black owned wineries or winemakers throughout this process and experience? Absolutely, it's a black woman that makes champagne, and um, I have done a few tastes with her. She is now a friend. I love her champagne. She is from oh gosh, she's from Guadeloupe. And as a nod to her, you know, upbringing, instead of regular sugar for that part of the champagne process, she uses sugar cane. Mm. So it has uh, like a different flavor profile on the backing, but it's it's amazing. And she does um, a Blanc de Blanc, which is using my favorite 100% Chardonnay. She has her house style. She does a rosé. And they're fantastic. Every time I talk with her, I learn so much. Her story is riveting. It's Marie Césaire is the name of her champagne brand. Definitely look it up. If you come to France, definitely try to get on the calendar. Well, talk to me. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, we're going to get through the experience yeah. through you. We right. want you to take us. Right. Let's <laughs> right. yeah. say you take us yeah. to Marie Césaire. Yes. Mm-hmm. We might have a Melanated Conversations event led by... Yeah. A wine experience and tour led by Tanisha. Yes. That would be fun. Let's talk about it, okay? (laughs) We've done a couple uh, champagne tastings that I've done um, with her for other guests that have come in. We've done wine lunches. Um, I've worked with other tour groups where they set something up with her. Oh, yeah, she does amazing. And she says that this is, I wanted to do something for Black women because I'm Black. Yes. yes. Love that. Oh man, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Okay, I'm gonna go a little light here. We just I feel like we went a little heavy. I wanna go a little light real that was quick. Heavy. Okay. That was heavier than what I'm about to ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. I don't even want to know. Now I'm nervous. Okay, sitting down. All right. This probably should have been a rapid fire question now that I think about oh. it. Uh, Tanisha. I'll wrap it answer. I'll wrap it answer. Okay. Is it is the statement the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice true? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I inquiring like minds want to know. <laughs> Not always. Okay. When it comes to, when it comes to grapes, as far as a berry. Not always. Okay. No, because there are actually some really dark grape, thick skin, and they are very dry, like uh, Syrah, you know, or Shiraz. You know, mm-hmm. that yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's not that sweet. Yeah, I'm not a Shiraz fan. No. You ever had that? I mean, I love it. But it's not sweet. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Is it true though, like the the smaller grapes are the more they carry the more sweeter they produce the sweeter, you know, varieties? <sighs> Sometimes the thing with wine is you grow the grapes a certain way, but how the wine turns out is ultimately up to the winemaker. Mm -hmm. So it can be a slightly sweet grape, but then when you go through the wine process, you know, fermentation, Mm -hmm. that sugar turns into alcohol. So you lose some of that sweetness. So when you get it finally in wine form, it might not be sweet at all. Right. It might be, you know, 16% alcohol. So it just depends. It, it depends, depends on the, the... It depends, yeah. Okay. All righty. All right. Uh, well, we'll kind of get ready to close out, mm. close our bottles. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> we can pour another glass. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I think you're the first guest we've had that's <laughs> like, wait, good, let's keep going. And and we're, we're, like, oh, my God. <laughs> they got timers going off in the back. Like, oh, well, let's wrap it up. <laughs> 
You can't tell these two man. <laughs> two sellers to keep going because right. you know we like the ones that, like when you go visit somebody and the grandma was like, "All right, now I'll we'll so I, I'll let y'all go." But um, before we go, yeah, right. <laughs> no, but um, kind of winding down a bit. Um, as someone who is so immersed in wine on a daily basis, do you ever get tired of it? Like, is um, is it something that you just you know? Is I know in especially in the culture, wine is just very threaded there, and it's just something that you do every day. Versus here, we might be something maybe on a special occasion mm-hmm. or. Um, to wind down, wind but, down. No, no pun intended. Wine. Um, but is this something that you ever grow tired of doing? Because it's not only is it a part of your business, but it's part of your lifestyle there. Um, and kind of as a follow up, is wine your source of relaxation, or do you have? Or do you have to relax from wine? <laughs> do you have to relax from wine? <laughs> it's funny you ask that because one of my goals for 2020 was to get a hobby, like something that I just do that's just fun, Mm -hmm. not like a side hustle. I'm trying to make any money. I just want to do it. And it's fun. It's, you know, or relaxing or something, but it's it's something I just do. And wine used to be that for me, but now it's not. Now it's a business. It's a job. So it's different. Do I get tired of it? Kind of Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, there are times when I'm at a wine tasting and I leave because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've already had like 20 things. Like I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to mm. drink anything else. Um, or I hate to say it, but you know, on visits when they send us on these trips and they're like, oh, come visit our winery. And then you go to like five different places and they want you to taste everything. Right. You're like, listen, I don't need to see another barrel, not another tank. All these vines look the same. Like, okay, grapes grow on the vine outside from the ground. It rains, the sun comes out. Got it. Do y'all have any beer? <laughs> I want to drink something. Else. So, what you're saying, um, yes, there are times I get tired of wine, and um, I drink beer. Uh, I, I, I'm very particular with beer, though. I don't just drink beer as a whole. I like uh, like blonde um, beer, provides yeah. uh, in or left a uh, Belgian beer, those kind of things. Or my number one go to over you know underneath wine is gin and tonic. Really? You make me. Yes, you make me a gin and tonic. We're good. So that is me taking a break. Or even after a long day of wine tasting, you think like, oh, let me just drink water. Yeah, I drink water too. But just that effervescence that you get from the tonic and the gin and tonic. I need that extra. I need that flavor. So, um, yeah. But I'm not drinking wine, reading about wine, listening to a wine podcast, talking about wine writing about why I'm drinking a gin and tonic and listening to a true crime podcast actually man those yeah. things are like super popular I never realized how many people love those little true crime podcasts mm-hmm. people go crazy over those things it is slightly crazy and sometimes I'm like okay Tanisha you need to listen to something a little happier like <laughs> somebody should get murdered you don't need this in your head as you get on the metro and these people are pushing you right oh my goodness Wow. No, that's good to know. And um, yeah, we, we're, we're going to, um, I know Terry was just there last summer or last spring, I should say. Yeah. Um, but we, we have some plans in the world. We're going to come out there and visit you. Well, Tanisha. yeah, because I need to wait. come. I'm sad I didn't. I, I said it all the time. Like I'm mad, but here's the thing though. I, I'm actually glad because my thing is I need to come to Paris sans my husband and children. My my husband, my children. We it was a family thing. We all went. I need to go. Just you know, the girls, the girls. We, we coming. Yeah, we coming. 
Definitely. It's so funny. That is such, and it's such a different experience too. Like when you come over with um, a mate, boyfriend, husband, that kind of thing, you have one experience. It's a fine experience. You have a great time. But then you come over like with your girls and do that. It is a different experience for sure. Paris is so many different things. And that's something that's funny to me because I've lived in other places before and those places are kind of still the same. Like I lived in DC for several years and DC is the same when I was single, when I had a boyfriend, when I lived with somebody, when, you know, I was with my girls, when I was with the guy, like DC is still kind of the same. But here in Paris, you can have so many different experiences based on who you're with and what you're into. And Paris is kind of, it can be what you want it to be. And the reason I'm saying this is because so many people are like, oh, I didn't like Paris. Oh, I hate it. I'm like, what did you see? What did you do? Yeah. Like, how can you hate this most amazing place on earth? Yeah. Second to Chicago. But. <laughs> no, I like what you said there, because one of the things that, you know, when we travel, we like to experience not just from a tourist lens. And we want to experience the realness and the, the rawness locals. of the culture from yeah. the locals perspective. So now to I know someone who's like truly living in that. Yeah. I'm going to have you in the hood now, so watch yourself. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, you know, as long as you know the hood, the we're hood. good. As long yeah. as you know. We, hood, <laughs> you we, can, we can pull a little hood out of it. <laughs> but no, um, I'm, so, I'm so serious about that. Yeah. And, our, and our listeners, hey, if yes. you would love to, you know, experience the, the trueness of Paris yeah. and want to oh, experience um, all that Tanisha has going on. Let us know. We might put together a nice little MC, male lady conversations. Why that would tour. be dope. I, that would be so much fun. So much fun. Even if it's just me and if it's, it's just, just me and Terry and we're going on a tour. We're we gonna be there. <laughs> me, that's enough. That's me enough. Yana and Tanisha. That's, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> Yes. All righty. Well, Tanisha, um, before we actually like for sure shut this thing down, we do have a few closing questions for you. So my question to you is, what is your power word for 2020 and why? This is an excellent question because I do have a power word. I do a word every year. But um, this year, my word is authority, Mm. the noun and the verb. Um, By I want to be an authority in my field. Like I want to, when it comes to French wine and people coming here to ask about French wine or talking about French wine, I want to be an authority on that. Yeah. And then also I want to take authority of when I'm hosting tours or when I'm standing in the classroom or when I'm in front of a tour group, be an authority. And you know, like this is my group. This is my tour. This is my class. You all need to pay attention, listen up, you know, I'm the one. So my power word of the year is authority. Let them know. Authority. Yes, Noun and love. verb. I love it. I know. I love that. <laughs> Sometimes I got to go black woman on and be like, ah, sit down. <laughs> love yeah, her. Yes. Like some of them, I mean, like y'all get out of hand. I'm like, how are you just in here playing YouTube videos? Like I'm literally standing in front of the class. And it's a kid playing YouTube videos on his phone. Oh, no. So you, don't need, you don't even want to put headphones in, sir? At least. Mm-hmm. All right. So, wow. Authority. Yes, man. Authority. Yeah. Mm, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, What are some projects that you have in the works for 2020? A couple of things. Well, continuing on with the um, podcast and uh, 
a new season. I definitely want to, one topic I know I want to touch on for the new season is natural wine um, and organic wines because people have a lot of questions about those. Um, we'll see if I can get that done in 10 minutes. It might end up being two episodes, but <laughs> I'm going to hit on natural wine. Um, another thing I'm working on is uh, a wine guide for Paris. Uh, where you can go to just get a glass of wine or where you can go to buy a bottle of wine and then like a couple of tips on how to ship wine back to the states or how to properly pack it in your luggage and what some of the rules and regulations are on that and also hosting uh small like aperos or happy hours but they call it apero here so just like a little before dinner kind of thing where we do like some light food and wine pairing and want to start doing that probably next month and i'll be doing that at my home so if people are coming into town they can you know hit me up for that or um, other expats who live here in paris they can come by and we do like a little quick talk they will be on my social media so you know they have to be okay with that and we'll do some pairings and i'll be sourcing wines that aren't french yes there will be french wines as well but it'll be all theme um so it'd be spanish wine and greek wine and wines for summer and you know wine cocktails and things like that awesome Mm -hmm. i'm I'm so fascinated about this conversation today i'm like i didn't realize there was wine for summer wine for winter right i I feel a little uh i I need some more of your courses definitely Um, are there any courses like anyone like for in the U.S. like if they wanted to take something now? Is there? Are you? Do you have anything in the work as far as like um, teaching outside of like in person? I don't yet. I don't. Um, I looked into doing some online courses, like creating them, but then I was like, that was more um, work required than I had time for. Yeah. So that's something that's like down the line, down the line that I'll do. But yeah, I would definitely want to do that. It's okay. We're coming over. We're coming yeah, to you anyway. Not a, so. not a problem at all. Not a problem. At all. <laughs> right. I knew now. I know now. Like my superpower is that I'm here. So like, yeah. let me use my time here and my being here in the best way possible, and yeah, that's yeah. to show people a great experience as it relates to wine. For sure. For sure. Okay, Tanisha. So last question before we go: How can our listeners connect with you? I am everywhere. Um, I'm Girl Meets Glass. Is my the name I go by, my alter ego and business name, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook. You can email me, Tanisha at Girl Meets Glass. Um, also have social media for the podcast, Wine School Dropout, and yeah, Instagram, Facebook for that as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's everything. Okay. Well, we want to thank you so much for sharing with us today. Um, I hate that we couldn't pour a glass together, I and know. You, but it, that that will come in due time. I'm actually this abstaining this month, so oh, I'm not. Oh, the whole month you're doing dry yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm partaking on her behalf, so we can talk offline of <laughs> what I should partake into next. Um, <laughs> no, but thank you so much for joining and sharing your story today. Of yeah. course, is you know this is what we do we just love sharing um and amplifying the voices of black women sharing their powerful stories of transformation and just you know sharing our lessons together and celebrating our successes mm-hmm. so thank you for sharing with us today and your knowledge and everything wine yes um, thank you for having me of course yes. this you you are always welcome back absolutely absolutely <laughs> Always. All right. <laughs> if I'm ever y'all neck of the woods, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, y'all, I'm in town." Please yes. do seriously, yes. and please, bring some please, of that please. French wine with. Yeah, do that. <laughs> 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 
in a bun bun. Exactly. That's how you got to say it. Right. Just just send us an emoji with a bottle. We're like, okay. Like, girl, that's all you had to say. What time? What's your arrival time? We'll pick you up from the airport. Ain't no problem. Have a little sign and everything. Girl meets glass. Yes. 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 We wear t shirts. Oh man, we had so much fun oh, today. Fantastic. Yes, yes, such a pleasure being here and uh, being able to talk to you all. So thank yes. you. Absolutely, in the same. Um, but yes, you guys, again, let us know. You know, let's share your thoughts. Uh, yeah. Reach out to Tanisha. Absolutely. She's a resource to us all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, grab your glass, pour it up. Yeah. Pour it up, pour, pour it, it up. Pour it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, just chill with that until you connect with us next time. Yeah. So until then, melanate, melanate on that. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our chat today. Keep the conversation going by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leaving us a review. Have a story of your own to share? Email us at info at melanatedconversations.com or connect with us on social media at Melanated Conversations. Till next time, keep raising your voice. voice.